0: Welcome to Chillin' with Teddy G, an authentic Black channel empowering the Black community and capturing the modern day Black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Starting your locker natural hair journey is oh so rewarding, but can be extremely stressful
1: when you start to consider what products to use. If that's you, then look no further. Locklicious
0: is a Black-owned company that has created an all-natural product line for locked and loose natural crowns. The Locklicious team works hard to ensure that their products are free of parabens, phthalates, sulfates, PEGs, synthetics, and other toxic chemicals you find in other products. Best of all, the products are lightweight and will not leave residue or cause buildup. Go to Locklicious.com to start treating your crown like royalty. I welcome each of my Melanated Kings and Queens, my brothers and sisters in Africa, as well as South Africa, and my listening audience around the globe back to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I am Teddy G, your host, and on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows that we'll talk about anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise. Y'all go grab yourself your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte, or whatever it is you prefer to drink, and join me for the next few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk about. Um, actually, there's so much to talk about. I don't know which story to start on. We got the Ahmaud uh, Avery murder trial going on, we got the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial going on, we have the uh, funeral of uh, General Colin Powell. We've got a black man who uh, calls the cops for help, and they end up uh, uh, shooting him. And then there's so many uh, other things going on. We got this white supremacist uh, a trial going on for which is that's what we're gonna call it when I'm talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, ladies and gentlemen, because in my opinion that's exactly what it was. So let's see. Uh, You know what? I'm going to decide on what I'm going to talk about after I uh, do my housekeeping. As you know, it's a must that we uh, keep the studios of chilling with Teddy G. Clean with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use. For the uh, purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research, fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, education, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the um, uh, Ahmad Avery uh, murder trial, where he was essentially, in my opinion, he was lynched. You know, uh, in a modern-day style. But actually, it wasn't no different, ladies and gentlemen, from when you had slave catchers running you down, you know, with and essentially uh, 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 murdering you or lynching you because you were a runaway slave. Now, that's what happened, to, in, in my opinion, in this modern-day style lynching. We had these three uh, individuals. Uh, Travis McMichael, which was the one that actually killed uh, Ahmaud Avery, and his uh, his father, Greg uh, McMichael, who um, uh, was uh, in the back of the pickup truck and even said that if he would have had the opportunity, he would have shot Ahmaud Avery as well. He even uh, 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 said that when he was... <clears throat> reading, they were reading transcripts in court. And then we have, uh, William, uh, Rodney, uh, I can't think of his last name at the time, but I'll bring it up. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I've been watching this trial for the last, uh, five days. And, uh, to, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, this is a lot of privileged, uh, screen. To um, get away from the reality of the fact that y'all hunted this guy down. And when you caught up with him, you murdered him. In my opinion. They're trying to paint this false narrative that he was a uh, criminal. And that he was in the commission of a crime. Particularly, they're trying to say um, burglary. Uh, when, the, uh, these, uh, three defendants gunned down, uh, Ahmad Avery. Now, like I say to me, ladies and gentlemen, this, I'm looking at Mzungu privilege because they have no evidence, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, Ahmad Avery committed any type of crime. And even if he did, do, does that make y'all the, um the uh, judge, the prosecution, and the executioner to where you can just take this man's life in in, in in broad daylight in the middle of the street? I don't think so. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to CNN for an update on uh, on this story because I don't want to play all five days of this trial where I've been listening to. In fact, at this very moment, I'm listening to and recording the uh, fifth day of this uh, trial. So we're gonna get this update and then I'll re- be back with my commentary.
2: Prosecutors in the trial for the murder of Ahmad Arbery played a series of 911 calls from two of the men who were charged in his killing. Some made weeks before the shooting. In one call, Travis McMichael reports a suspicious individual in a home under construction. In another, on the day of the shooting, Travis's father, Gregory McMichael, reports a black male running down the street. Ryan Young is live for us in Brunswick, Georgia. Ryan, tell us the latest where this stands.
3: Yeah, good morning, Brianna. There was a lot of emotion inside and outside the court yesterday, but I can tell you when they played those nine one one tapes, you could hear Gregory McMichael making that nine one one call when the chase was happening. George, truth and nothing about the truth. I do. Go ahead and the trial of the three men charged with murdering Ahmaud Arbery continued Wednesday with a prosecution focusing on police transcripts of interviews with the defendants in the hours after the fatal encounter.
1: What is the next question that you asked Greg McMichael? Did this
3: guy break into a house today?
1: And what did Greg McMichael say in response from line 8 to line 13?
3: Well, that's just it. I don't know. Dillon County Police Sergeant Roger Nohilly was the state's seventh witness. He interviewed defendant Gregory McMichael the day after the shooting. What did you ask him? Have you ever seen him before? What did Greg McMichael say? No, no, I had never laid eyes on, on the guy. Defense attorneys argue their clients McMichael, his son Travis McMichael, and William Rodney Bryan Jr. were trying to conduct a lawful citizen's arrest. Attorney Jason Sheffield Reading from the recorded interview Gregory McMichael gave to Sergeant Nohilly, argue his son Travis only shot and killed Arbery in self-defense as the two wrestled over Travis's shotgun. I think he was, his intention was to grab that gun and probably shoot Travis. That's in my mind, that's what I saw, you know, and with that in mind, if he If he would had gotten that shotgun and there was any separation between Travis and him, I was going to cap his ass. And you understood he was describing to you the fight right at the very end of the confrontation. Former Glenn County police investigator, Stephen Lowry took the stand to focus on defendant William Rodney Bryan Jr. who filmed the chase and ultimately the killing of Aubrey.
0: Now let me say this ladies and gentlemen now you see that that statement that he made they had every intentions on killing Ahmad Avery, okay because he's he's making out like uh Ahmad Avery's intention was to grab the uh, the shotgun from his son and potentially murder his son well listen if if that was the case which we know it wasn't what do you think Ahmad Avery is supposed to do? Y'all running him down like a runaway slave in your pickup trucks, like your good old boys uh, and Rodney assisted, and actually he was the one who filmed the uh, modern day lynching of Ahmad Avery. Uh, y'all left Ahmad Avery with no choice. He's running all through the neighborhood attempting to get away from you guys. You're not letting him get away. In fact, you're not even saying that um, we're trying to make a citizen's arrest. Y'all told him to hold on. We want to talk to you. Okay, which he wasn't having it, and I don't blame him. Okay, and then you're going run him down to the point to where, okay, he's left with what? No choice but other than try to uh, uh, defend himself, which unfortunately he died doing so but I y'all clearly ran him down and uh so you can't use no defense of, of uh I, I was uh defending myself this was self-defense when you're chasing the man now if if he was alive and he was able to uh make any statements I believe that amad Avery would be the one who would be using the uh self-defense uh, uh defense in uh in the trial if he had, had uh, uh he had to survive this uh encounter because self-defense is when you're defending someone who's attacking you who's chasing you who's committing uh, uh um trying to commit bodily injury to you all right but I want y'all to continue to hear what this uh former officer had to say in his uh testimony uh in this trial
3: Mr. Bryan says, front porch of the house, I looked up, see a black guy running down the road. According to Lowry's transcription of the interview, Brian also sees a truck in pursuit and yells. Y'all got him, like a question.
1: Did he ever ask the black guy if he was okay?
3: Not that he told me.
1: Did he ever ask the black guy if he needed help?
3: No, ma'am. According to the transcript, Brian told Lowry he had not seen Aubrey prior to that incident. And he says, I mean, I just hear stuff that's been happening around the neighborhood. Outside the courthouse, Arbery's family and supporters discuss the toll the last 20 months have taken.
1: As we stand before this courthouse, I thought this day would never come. Mm. In the very beginning, after we laid a to rest, it was very hard because we couldn't find any help. Mm. The local authorities, come they on, wouldn't right. give us any answers. Right. Come on. And we went for weeks trying to find out what happened to a mom. Yes.
3: Mm. Arbery's mother later shared how disturbing Lowry's testimony had been for her.
1: Investigator Lowry was the individual who called me on that Sunday afternoon about 6.30 p.m. and told me that Ahmaud had committed a burglary. I listened to Investigator Lowry today for about, for about three hours. He did not tell the courts that Ahmad had committed a burglary.
0: In fact, Because he had not, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, I brought that out to you earlier because I've been watching this trial. It's been going on for like eight hours a day or more for the uh, uh, last five days. That's including today because I told you I'm watching the trial as it's going on again right now. So they initially then they lied to his mom and said that he got killed in the commission of a crime, which was totally uh, not uh, uh, the truth. I want you, I'm gonna I'm play a little bit of, I'm gonna go back on a little bit of that so y'all can hear exactly what they told his mom.
1: The courts that Ahmad had committed a burglary. In fact, he said nothing about a burglary that Ahmad had committed. Every word that, that describes me right now is, is just disturbing. Uh, Ahmad ran, Ahmad was chased, Ahmad was killed, and then Ahmad was lied on.
3: Reverend Al Sharpton and attorney Ben Crump echoed the family's feelings laying out the stakes of the trial as they see it. What has happened in this case is a lynching in the 21st century.
0: What happens here in Brunswick, Georgia in the trial of the killers of Ahmad Aubrey is going to be a proclamation not only to Georgia Not only to America, but to the world, how far we have come to get equal justice in America for marginalized black people.
3: Earlier Wednesday, another neighbor testified, Matthew Albenzi, who called a police non emergency line after seeing Arbury outside a home under construction. Albenzi testified the owner of that property had shown him surveillance video of a person who matched Aubrey's description in the house previously. And you even tell the
2: Glen County police, this guy, meaning the man you're seeing on the property on February
3: 23rd, has been to the house multiple times. And that's what I said on the call, but it, it might've been a heat of the moment. And you know, I can't say who it was, that guy, or just something that looks like it's what I probably meant to say. The prosecution has said that surveillance video did show Aubrey at the site several times previously, but he always left without incident. This time though, when Aubrey left, it sparked a chase with the McMichaels and Brian that led to his death. Aldenzi testifies he regrets any of his actions that may have led to Aubrey's death. And that, of course,
2: it still weighs heavy on your heart. Yes. Joining us now is Wanda Cooper-Jones, who of course is Amont Aubrey's mother and her attorney, Mark McGuire Uh, Wanda thank you for being with us I know this is a difficult week I can't imagine being in that courtroom hearing the things that you've had to hear but I was stunned yesterday when you recounted what you were first told and how you were first told
1: how were you first
2: told of your son's death Wanda what did they tell you
1: um, back um, early in, um, on February 23rd of last year, I received a call about 6:30 in the evening. Um, it was from an investigator Lowry from Glynn County Police Department, who shared that a mob was um, was committing a burglary. He was confronted by the homeowner. At the, that time, there was a confrontation with the homeowner. The, 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 there was a, a, a fight over the weapon, and unfortunately, a mob was shot and killed.
2: He told you that your son committed a burglary. Yes. Now, we've all been watching this trial. There, there's no evidence of that whatsoever and distinctly the absence of that evidence. So what's it like to sit and listen to this trial knowing that that's how you were told of your son's
1: death? Um, it, was, it was very, very uncomfortable. Um, I was very anxious. When I heard that he was the next um, one who was going to come and 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 give a testimony, because I had heard his name several times, and I I was really anxious to put a a face with a name, and actually to get his account on what actually happened.
2: Uh, I'm going to play some sound of the trial now. This was a description, and again, I'm not even sure you can hear me, Wanda, Uh, but but I apologize for making you hear this again, but this was a description that one of the defendants gave a law enforcement officer of what your son was doing and how they were trapping him. So let's listen.
3: He was trapped like a rat. I think he was wanting to flee, and he realized that something, you know, he was not going to get away.
0: Trapped like a rat. This is the way that they're talking about this young man and his life. That is what I, that's what I tell y'all, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, these Mazungus. They have uh, no regard to uh, human life when it comes to a melanated individual, a native black American. They don't see you as human. They see you as exactly what you just heard in that testimony that uh, we got him cornered like a rat.
2: Wanda, what's it like for you to hear this?
1: Um, it's, again, I, I keep using the word disturbing, but very, very disturbing. Um, after the day that they called, they initially told me that he had committed a burglary. And then to sit through the trial to find out that Ama actually, he ran, he fought, he was killed, and then he was lied on.
2: He was lied on. What do you mean?
0: I mean, he was lied uh,
1: on. Like, like I said earlier, they told me that he had committed a burglary. Ahmad hadn't committed a crime at all.
2: Mark, um, we got a few seconds left here. How is the prosecution doing? Do you think they're making their case?
3: Well, I, I think there's any number of pundits that we'll talk about the strategy and presentation of the jury. I'll stay away from that. I just want to add to what Ms. Cooper said about the investigator from the Glenn County Police Department. This is clear evidence of the deference that they gave to these defendants, of the prejudice that they held against Ahmad, who was the victim and not the perpetrator. Um, And that was from the beginning of the case, from the the moment Mm -hmm. uh, that they arrived on scene, all the way until GBI
0: got involved. Okay. Well, let me answer that question, since to me, he really didn't answer it. He said he wants to stay away from it. And this is the attorney for the uh, mother of um, uh they The prosecution is making a, a, a good case, a very good case, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion. And uh, if everything goes according to the uh, plan of the uh, prosecution, these guys are going to receive some hard time. Because let's face it, not only was he the one who um, is, was the victim in this uh, in this crime, they uh, don't have any evidence of him committing a uh, um, burglary or committing a break-in. If, if anything, ladies and gentlemen, because we did see video footage of him on the property, he may have been um, trespassing. But trespassing, ladies and gentlemen, is not a, uh, a crime that your life should be taken. But we all know um, all too well how they feel about uh, melanated individuals. They don't look at, at us as humans. Okay? They look at us as anim- animals. Or in this case, they said a rat. So this is what they think about black people. This is what they think about brown people this is what they think about any person that has melon in his skin that you are uh not a human being you're an animal and we're going to treat you as such and they actions ladies and gentlemen prove that because they lynched this guy modern day style in broad daylight and was not even initially arrested for it. Let's keep this in mind. You got to remember, these guys went home, and it was months. That's right. You heard it with the S on them, months. At least two, maybe three, that they were at home before they were even um, arrested for the crime of murdering Ahmad Aubrey. Now, that goes without saying that you can see that when I tell you that all of this is nothing more than a, 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 um, a smoke screen to try to tarnish uh, Ahmad Arbery and try to uh, make it look like that he was an aggressive, uh, hardcore criminal who they were forced to defend themselves and um, gun him down in cold blood. That's their defense, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they're trying to uh, prove, And let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't tell y'all this about the, um, the in the jury selection. How does it so happen that every uh, uh, black person got excused in some type of way and they got 11 Mzungus on the jury out of the 12? You got eleven white individuals. That goes to show you the, the unfairness of what's going on already. And I believe that all of them are are um, males, male Mazungus. But that still goes without saying. All right. Anybody ever seen uh, um, or any uh, or know anything about uh, past experiences? When you get a uh, all Mazungu male jury, what usually happens to um, the defendant if he is a uh, black man, black woman, black child. Same thing for anybody else that's got any melon in their skin. We gonna stay on top of this story, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna go ahead and end this because I need to get to these other stories that I was telling you about. We got the cow uh, ridden house trial going on. I definitely want to play some inserts from the uh, funeral of um, Colin Powell, you know, who's a distinguished uh, uh, military uh, uh, man who uh, subsequently died from complications of COVID-19 when he was fully uh, vaccinated. Okay? And that there within itself, ladies and gentlemen, is a uh, two or three part Uh, um, episode because they want to make out so much, or they did in the beginning so much about how effective this um, this uh, uh, um, jab is but we are seeing people who have been um, vaccinated with the jab who are still dropping like flies or even if they're not, they still are carriers of this uh, virus okay and this virus had uh, subsequently killed a uh, general Colin Powell and even though we know he, he has some uh, pre-existing conditions that they say compromised his, uh, immune system. Anyway, that's nevertheless that's a story for another episode, but I wanted to give some honor to that man. And, uh, and I'm going to, uh, definitely do a story on that. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, these are uh, detectives told that, uh, Amar Avery's mother, one thing, and then, uh, testified, uh, another when it came to being in court in front of the, uh, jury. So we're going to see exactly where this story is going to lead. I'm going to keep y'all on top of it. So please, guys, uh, stay tuned to uh, Chillin' with Teddy G for updates on this story. Or, or go to any one of the other um, grassroots black uh, networks that's out here. That where you can get the, uh, not a painted narrative of the trial, but uh, a true accurate picture of exactly what's going on. All right, guys. Now, y'all continue to do your social distancing. You know how I feel about that. We're in a new normal now. We're living in a new way of life. We'll never be out of the woods with this uh, COVID-19 or its variances. And uh, 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 you have to protect yourself by continuing to wear your outer gear, by continuing to take care of your immune system and doing all that you can to reduce the spread of this virus. Y'all know I tell you these things because I love you. And loving you guys is my food. And Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until God gives me the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you, peace, love, and soul.